Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our great platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Makia Troy. Makia is a certified athletic administrator, and she's the director of athletics at Creekside High School in Douglasville, Georgia. Dr. Troy, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm glad to be a part of the number. It's got to be a part of the Educational AD Podcast, so this is exciting for me. Uh, well, we're glad to have you on and uh, excited to hear what's going on in your part of the country. Well, um, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and maybe how love of sports led to this career in athletic administration. Okay, well, I, I grew up for, well, most of my time spent in Fairburn, Georgia, which is actually where Creekside High School is located. I am a proud alum of Creekside High School. So I was able to, to enjoy my high school years as a student athlete at Creekside. I went off to college, played basketball at Berry College in Rome, Georgia, and got the opportunity to come right back to Creekside after graduating as a, a PE teacher and beginning my career as a coach during that time. So um, just always loved athletics, always loved to play, and school sports meant a lot to me because it was just such an easy setup to go to school and stay after school and play sports. It just made sense. So it was always exciting for me. And I just I just loved it and, and wanted to continue to be a part of it in some fashion. So I knew from a pretty early age that I wanted to be a physical education teacher and a coach. And I was glad to make it happen, to actually make it happen. And um, over time, coaching girls basketball and did a little bit of volleyball and cross country too. Not for long. Basketball was definitely more, more of my focus. But um, the opportunity opened up for me to become athletic director. My former basketball coach at the time was still the AD at Creekside and one day just said, you know, are you ready to be an AD or a PE department chairperson? And I said, well, neither one. <laughs> but he mentioned that he was about to move to a new school in the community and the position would be open and he wanted to recommend me to the principal. And that's kind of led me to this point. And that's, that's been about maybe 11 years ago now. Hmm. You know, it's always great to hear the stories. And we, I've spoken to a number of ADs that are now working at the school where they attended. Um, I, I still remember very vividly, I graduated from college and hadn't gotten a full-time job yet, but I was doing a lot of substitute teaching. And my best friend from high school, you know, we were both, you know, 
student athletes, jocks, I guess, back in the day, uh, he had become a teacher too at, at another school. And anyway, we ended up back at our high school to substitute on the same day. And I remember we walked into the, uh, the faculty room at lunchtime and some of our coaches, you know, turned around and they go, you know, you're a teacher, you know, and, and I guess we were a little mischievous back in the day, but uh, no. <laughs> how, uh, how was that, you know, coming back to your school? Uh, I'm going to guess there were maybe equal parts excitement and maybe some trepidation. Uh, definitely some excitement. Um, maybe a little trepidation, maybe more so when I became an AD than anything else, because uh, initially just coming back as a teacher and a coach, there were still several of my former teachers and coaches that were here and they were excited to, to see me give it a shot. My former coach, he knew that I wanted to do that. So he was really excited to get me back actually you know, pursuing the dream that I had. So he was excited about that and was always there for me to lean on. So that, that was exciting. Uh, probably more of a challenge just being um, very young and the seniors weren't that far from my age. Right. <laughs> that was probably a bigger challenge. But over time, uh, moving up in leadership, becoming an athletic director, and still having some coaches who were not only peers, but had been around much longer than me, that was probably a greater challenge than just returning to the high school. You kind of hinted at it a little bit, uh, our next question. Um, we always like to ask about um, your mentors in our profession. You know, we always stress leadership and mentoring that next generation. So uh, I can kind of guess, but I'm going to let you tell us. Uh, who were some of your mentors, uh, either teachers or coaches growing up, or maybe people right. that you've worked with or worked for? Uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking <laughs> to a coach or, or a kid. So whose voice do you still hear? Yeah, I, I think um, over time, the voices change, or maybe you just add more voices, uh, for lack of a better description. But I, I definitely, my initial, my high school basketball coach, who was the one that kind of pushed me along to continue to, to, to become a PE teacher and a coach and eventually AD Fred Wheeler. He was definitely very instrumental in those early days to try to help me get to where I am. Um, and I, I'd say, of course, my parents are always voices in my head, even still to this day, uh, encouraging me as I go along and giving me some ideas in leadership. My, my father, having been a drill sergeant in the army and a pastor, yeah, the leadership is there. So I get a lot from, from him. And um, yeah, I think it's just, just kind of a, a mixture of things. Uh, my district AD now, Dr. Stephen Kraft, the district AD in Atlanta Public Schools, Jasper Jewell. These are people that I still kind of lean on and reach out to to try to get information and ideas from. And I think as you grow uh, in the profession, it, it makes sense to continue to have several people to pour into you and get different perspectives. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, I just love to hear the, the stories and those connections. Um, just a great reminder for all of us that, you know, we didn't get here by ourselves. You know, we had right. people pushing us and helping us. Um, Makia, we have a lot of uh, younger ADs that listen to the podcast. And I think it's important to kind of share the journey uh, that they should be on. So talk a little bit about uh, how you got involved with your state association um, got involved with the NIAAA as far as your certification. And maybe if you can talk a little bit about how you pursued and attained your uh, doctorate. Okay. Um, I, I'll say that my, my introduction to both the GADA here in Georgia and the NIAAA was pretty, pretty unique. 
at the time that I became the athletic director, we did not have a district level athletic director in place in Fulton County Schools. And without that leadership, all the schools kind of operated in isolation. And I didn't really have much of a direction to, to lean on to know exactly how some of those uh, state level and national associations would actually function, had no idea. But a, a few years in, I was honored as our region and classification athletic director of the year and was able to go to our state conference and be recognized. And that was my first time even learning about it and going and realizing how much there was to, to get involved with, with LTIs and learning and growing. I'm like, wow, this is, this is nice. <laughs> I'm not alone. So that was very, very helpful. And that was my introduction to our state association. And I've been involved with that ever since. And with the, the NIAAA, ironically, it was some mail that was not supposed to come to Creekside that was sent here to me. And um, I don't know, to this day, I don't know who Wayne Brantley is. I don't know if you might be familiar with that name, but <laughs> this mail was supposed to go to him uh, somewhere, but it was addressed to Creekside and it was like an introduction to the NIAAA and that just opened the door. And from that point, I learned more and got involved and realized how much support you can get in the professional development that just allows you to learn and grow and to, to really have some credentials behind the work that you do. Because unfortunately for some people, you know, it takes for them to see that in order to, to begin to respect what it is that you're doing. Because sometimes, it, it, particularly if you have the ability to make it look easy, people might not know how hard it actually is. Absolutely. So sometimes the credentials, yeah. yeah, the credentials pay off in that respect. Talk a little bit um, uh, about as, a, as an AD, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, you know, how busy our lives are. So with all the things that you were doing, um, how did you manage and create time to uh, pursue that PhD? Right. Um, uh, well, again, when I, when I started things off, and it's, it's interesting that it actually all ties back to having been a new athletic director that needed a little bit more guidance. Um, and I, I just I just didn't know where else to go other than school. So I pursued a degree at the United States Sports Academy in sport management with um, an emphasis in leadership. And those courses actually helped prepare me on the job. I was able to use a lot of those things while I was actually working towards the degree on a daily basis uh, here at the school. It was tough, uh, you know, balancing things out sometimes, you know, in the stands, watching the game and reading a couple of passages in a textbook or starting a paper and then going to an event and finishing the paper. But it's it's just, I, I don't know, it's glutton for punishment, I guess, but it's just what I was accustomed to. I got my master's degree while I was still coaching. I don't know, I, I, just, I just had to push forward because it's something that I wanted, initially something that really helped me to on the job. But over time, it just became something I was passionate about. Um, my dissertation research focused on life skills development from the athletic director's perspective and how much more our student athletes get from sports that's more than the X's and O's, more than the scholarships or championships. These things can benefit their lives so much in the future, just the way they've benefited you and, uh, you and I, I'm sure. 
So uh, that, that was my focus for the research and it actually made it feel a lot less like work, but more like me trying to really get to the bottom of some of the things that truly give our profession value. And it's just great to hear and a great application of research. You know, uh, I think oftentimes in our field, there's research and you're going, why would you do this? But life right. skills, what a great application. And I wouldn't be doing my job as a former member of uh, NIAAA certification if I didn't say, that sounds like a great CMA project, just wait and do uh, share. So uh, I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> Give me a little motivation. Um. One of the things we like to do with the podcast is try to share what, uh, you know, we call best practices. And, you know, you certainly uh, been recognized for, you know, outstanding leadership and a great program there at Creekside. So I'll put you on the spot a little bit. You know, what's uh, one or two things uh, that you and your coaches and your program do at Creekside that you can look at and say with equal parts uh, pride and humility, uh, boy, we do this better than anybody else. We really do a great job at this. What are a couple of best practices for you? I think that we do a good job of making sure our athletes that have the desire and the passion and commitment to want to play at the next level. I believe that our coaching staff and, and everyone involved do a great job of making sure they get those opportunities regardless of level and respecting the fact that division one is great, but there are other opportunities if you really desire to be a collegiate, collegiate athlete and that it's, um, you know, it's not always easy and it may not be your dream school, but the opportunities are out there and just making sure the students recognize that there are other opportunities if that's something that you are truly interested in. And I'll, I'll give a shout to Dynamite Sports with um, Rick Wire who we've been able to bring in repeatedly over the years to speak to our student athletes. And he really harps on the fact that there are so many other opportunities in recruiting for you to play the next level, if that's truly your desire. And for some, it's, it's a reality check to know that maybe D1 is, is not for me, but that D3 opportunity could still, you know, give you a chance to continue to play if that's what you're interested in. And like I said, with, with so much that you can gain from just the discipline and time management and work ethic that comes from playing, if you're willing to put that in as an athlete on a college level without a scholarship, it's going to pay dividends for the rest of life. Absolutely. You really hit it on the head. You know, there's a place if they want it, okay, and they want to put in that time, boy and girl, there's a place where they can stay involved with something they love. And, and sometimes that might not even be as a player. You know, maybe it's a, as a manager or they get into, uh, you know, kind of that student volunteer coach. Right. Um, uh, treadmill, which uh, it's a long journey, but you know, there's been a lot of uh, times where that's really paid off. That's great to hear, you know, always working for the kids. Definitely. Let's go ahead and jump into the C word, uh, COVID. Uh, <laughs> to our listeners, we're recording this on February 23rd, which uh, we're almost coming up on our one year anniversary of having to deal with COVID. So, Makia, we've seen just a, a tremendous variety of responses uh, from state to state and also even within states in Florida, we had a couple different responses ourselves. So mm -hmm. tell our listeners, um, you know, it's, as we said, it's February right now. Uh, what's going on right now in Georgia and at Creekside as far as return to school academics and also return to play? Right. Um, well, since 
October, our students had the opportunity to either come back face-to-face -face or to remain virtual. So we began the year virtually from, from August and up through October, the students had the option to return to school. Uh, athletics continued throughout the whole time. We, we never really stopped. We delayed some of the competition uh, statewide, the, the start of competition, but as far as practices and, and games, those things still went off as planned. We are um, right in the, the, the beginning stages of spring sports and getting some of those things going. And I've just been excited to see us be able to close the door on fall sports, being able to close out winter sports and just to say that we made it. Um, I just mentioned to some folks the other day, the fact that we made it through wrestling was <laughs> oh, yeah. outstanding to me just because there's just so much to go into us. Our coaches, our, our school district, um, even the student athletes, everybody's just been so committed to doing the best that they can to make sure that we are staying safe, we're, we're masking up, um, daily screenings for, for everyone, and just taking all the precautions necessary to make sports happen. And I think you know, as maybe an, an unnecessary, uh, I guess, maybe a benefit to the way things have gone, people have had to value athletics a little bit more because they recognized, whoa, this is not here. What are these students gonna do? What are we, where are we gonna get these things from them? So I, I was glad to see people that may not normally think of educational athletics the way they normally would to be able to push to make sure those things continue to take place, even in the midst of school being handled virtually for some. Yeah, and that's a message I think ADs have been trying to push, you know, mostly I think to fans and parents, you know, hey, you know, don't mess this up. <laughs> you know, let's <laughs> right. It, let's keep it going. Hey, I do have a question. Uh, we haven't talked uh, about wrestling for a while. Um, did you notice, and I know you're not, you know, a, a health professional or anything like that, but did you notice any difference with regards, and maybe statewide, you know, with regards to wrestling, you know, um, you know, cancel tournaments or athletes that were quarantined? Because, um, I mean, there's nothing that's more, you know, contact-centric um, mm -hmm. than wrestling. Um, was there any difference that you noticed? Uh, I can only speak from, I guess, my perspective or my opinion in saying that before it began, we probably all had some fears that didn't pan out, <laughs> to be honest, because the season still went on, people still competed, uh, just like any, any other activity, I'm sure nationwide, if a positive case did come up, you deal with it, people quarantine as they're supposed to, and when they're able to return, they return, so uh, the same was true here uh, across the board in, in all the sports. If there was an issue, quarantine, and then um, you fight to come back. But uh, in just attending the, attending the state wrestling tournament and seeing the number of people um, just on the mats and, and actually getting it done, uh, there, there didn't appear to be any issues from what I could see. You know, spectators were in masks and social distance and the athletes were not. <laughs> kind of hard to social distance while you're wrestling. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any better visual for we should return to sports than, you know, those state wrestling tournaments with all those mats and all those kids. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate right. you sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, next question is something we've been asking our, the AD since we started this podcast, you know, back in June. 
And it revolves around the idea of, of social awareness, social justice, if you will. And, and my question has been this, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? How can we do a better job in this area uh, for our kids, our coaches, our families, our schools? You know, what can we do better? Well, one, one way I would look at it is to say that um, maybe we should do more as it pertains to those issues before there's a, a big media event or issue that comes up. Um, some of those things should be a part of a regular conversation because they go on whether it's something big in the media or not. And I think as coaches and leaders that as you build the relationships with your athletes and, and even with your coaches, those conversations should be a little more normal so that they don't feel as forced or even uncomfortable or awkward when there is something big in the media when someone could be dealing with that, you know, even in their own space that isn't brought to the forefront. So I think it's important to kind of have your ear to the ground and know what's going on in your community, to know what's going on with your student athletes and coaches, and to just build those relationships because, you know, as it's always said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I just think we need to show that beyond just, you know, some of the hot topics. We've talked to a number of schools that have um, like student, you know, captain's councils and student leadership programs. Do y'all have anything like that at Creekside? We were in the beginning stages of uh, working with the Inside Out Initiative through the GHSA and um, really getting the information to begin a captain's council and wanted to do that in person. And when all of this happened, it kind of derailed some plans. So we're hoping to get that going for the 21-22 school year when things are closer to what we view as normal. Yeah, you know, now uh, with everything going on this year, you know, it's probably not the best time to try to start something <laughs> brand new, but uh, no, right. well, that's cool. That's exciting. Uh, be happy to uh, hear how that progresses as you move on. Yes. Let's go and line things up just a little bit. Um, what's your favorite or some of your favorite things about coming to work every day at Creekside? What gets you excited about coming to school each day? Wow. Um, I, I think from the time that even when I was just beginning as a teacher, one of the things I recognize is that when I come, I'm guaranteed to laugh about something. <laughs> so it just, it just helps to be able to find some humor to get through some of the seriousness that goes on in a day, whether it's with a, a, a student or one of my, my peers on the faculty or staff, it, that just always helped to, you know, lighten things because it can be pretty heavy right now with all we're having to do with the extra responsibilities with, uh, you know, COVID and, and not having all the students in the building. But between the, the students here, the, the faculty, even some of my peers in the community as ADs, we just always try to keep everybody uplifted. So that, that helps. And again, the, the people you talked about, it's the relationships, uh, you know, that's what makes it exciting. And I, I can tell you love your job like I'm a, I love my job, but we have a, a phrase here at our school uh, between our coaching staff and myself. Uh, 
it's, uh, hey, I've got another, are you kidding me? Moment to share. And so whether, whether it was something that happened in a game or a student or maybe sometimes a parent, hard oh, to yeah. believe. Uh, are you kidding me? I think that's going to be the title of uh, my book if I ever get around to writing it. Okay. <laughs> Had a couple of those this morning already. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, Dr. Troy, this has been just wonderful getting to uh, visit with you, but we're not done yet. Okay. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. My challenge to you right now is you're getting ready to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox, what three items are going to go in Makia Troy's athletic director toolbox? All right. Um, I think the first thing would be, uh, I guess I'd say Rolodex, but we don't really have those anymore. Um, but the contacts for other athletic directors, maybe some that are a little more seasoned, some veteran ADs, just to be able to reach out to to get different perspectives, to get advice, just to always listen and hear what other people may think. Even if you're, you know, sticking true to what you believe and standing on to make decisions, doesn't hurt just get the perspective of someone else or the opinion to, to make sure that, you know, you're not, you're not going into a situation blindly and not really seeing all sides. So I definitely say the, the context of some other veteran ADs that could, help you make wise decisions. Um, I would say, um, wow, some resources. Resources that could be um, related to sport, but also just leadership in general. I enjoy reading John Gordon books. I just, I just like his approach to leadership. John Maxwell, uh, just other resources to help you in this position to you know, kind of think outside the lines of the court or field, just to think in general, mm -hmm. how, you how you can approach leadership in a success successful manner. And I'd say um, something that's going to help you rest, something to help you to kind of learn to clock out is what I tell my coaches. You just have to, you got to find time to clock out, even if it's not for a long time, at some point, you got to be able to step away, decompress, you'll come back better for it. So I, I think that's that's important. I actually was on uh, a call with, oh, what is it called? Um, with the athletic, Amanda Waters. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah on, on the AD call, maybe ooh, a month or so ago. And the athletic director from, oh gosh, I forgot where he's from. Anyway, he, he spoke on the importance of, uh, Time at maybe he's from UCLA, maybe maybe the new, the new idea at UCLA. But he spoke on the importance of uh, time management, but from the perspective of it being energy management, are you managing your energy so that you know when you have something to pour out that you might have to you know step step away, recharge, get it back together so you can be your best self when you step back out into it. So energy management, um, not just considering time management. I thought that was that was key. No, and I'm glad you mentioned that it's, you know, finding that balance uh, between, you know, you know, work and life and re relaxation, recharging. Uh, I like that energy. Okay. 
Dr. Troy, if one of our listeners wants to uh, reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Okay. Um, my, my email is my last name, Troy, first initial M, Troy M at FultonSchools.org. That's email. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Troy M-E, Dr. Troy M-E on Twitter. And be happy to speak to anybody. Well, I appreciate you spending time with us today. All the best uh, moving forward. And um, again, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these podcasts are being uploaded to the FIAAA YouTube channel. So uh, check those out. And uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in to the Educational AD Podcast.